0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading, well, first let me give you a little update. Um, I missed a few days here. And the reason I missed a few days putting some stuff up was that I've had some technical difficulties with my sound and I'm just working through that. So just letting you know. uh, I will always put up, you know, whatever I can. Right now I'm trying to do like uh, two, you know, trying to do a A Bible chapter, and then just like a little, um, a little, almost like a little devotional message, or just a little, uh, you know, type thing like that. I'm trying to do one a day for both of those, and not always making it. I don't think I've got through a whole seven days yet, but (laughs) but I'm trying to, and I'll try to keep keep that up as much as I can. If I miss a little bit, it's just like I said, I'm just having technical difficulties right now with some sound issues. So hopefully hopefully we'll get that straightened out. So anyway, we're reading in the book of Acts. Uh, last session we read chapter 26 and that's where Paul made his case before King Agrippa and I didn't feel like Festus was being totally honest with Agrippa because at the end Agrippa says to Festus this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. But see, Festus wasn't going to set Paul free. (laughs) If he hadn't appealed to Caesar, Festus implied or acted like he was going to send him to Jerusalem, where Paul would have been killed, either on the way or after he got there. Because they were plotting to do that. So anyway, now we're ready for chapter 27. And let's see, um, let me start here, because this is where Paul is going to head to Rome, or at least get underway. Pardon me, I'm a little dry for some reason all of a sudden. Okay, so, chapter 27 in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, now notice it's we, so Luke is back with with them, or still with them. Has Luke been with him for a while? I think Luke had been around, but I'm not sure if he was there during the whole time, because Paul spent, you know, a few years in prison, imprisoned there. So, anyway, and when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, and embarking in a ship of Adramidium which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the west coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. It's either Lycia or Lycia, but I I think it's Lycia. There, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Nis. Hmm, I'm just going to say it's Nidus or Nidus and as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the Lee of Crete off Salmon. Coasting along no. Yeah, coasting along it with difficulty we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lacia. All these names I'm just doing the best I can. Bear with me. Since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the fast was already over. Now the fast that they're referring to, hold on just a second, I'm going to check that out. Okay, so that was the Day of Atonement. Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much lost loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said and because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Okay, so it's definitely a westward-facing harbor. Okay, all right, so now here... I mean, just very right off the top here. Um, so here we have Paul um, being sent to Rome by ship, which is the only way they would have had back then. And um, I'm trying to see how um, how this works here. So the, the Augustan cohort named Julius the centurion. Okay, the centurion. Now he treated Paul kindly. So he must have either trusted Paul or or known Paul to some degree to be an honest person because he let him go to his friends and be cared for. And, you know, they sailed on, then they put them let's see, there the Centurion found a ship of Alexandria and put us on board. Okay, so he put them on board and then, but, but later, the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and the owner of the ship. Now, this is the type of thing that, that we do a lot of times. We, you know, here Paul is trying to give him some sound advice. You know, I perceive the voyage will be with injury and much loss. You know, trying to warn him ahead of time. But the centurion is paying attention to the pilot and the owner of the ship. He's not paying attention you know he's not really heeding Paul you know Um, sometimes we should heed you know in this case they're not heeding I'm going to say it this way they're not heeding the man of God (laughs) they should have been but isn't that like that's like our current day situation honestly people are not heeding um the word of God but they're, they're they're listening to the media and going crazy out there you know and uh um causing this these shortages and runs on stuff because there really is no real shortage except people went out and just bought things like crazy. So um anyway, I mean this'll all pass because it's you know it's not going to continue. Um but it's it's an inconvenience, you know. But anyway, so the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and the owner of the ship and didn't really listen to Paul. So you know so then here they go and they try on the chance that they could reach this harbor of Crete okay and now we're going to see the results of this they should have you know they should have paid attention taken heed and listened to paul now when the south wind blew gently supposing that they had obtained their purpose they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore but soon a tempestuous wind called the northeaster struck down from the island and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Now they are being driven by the wind. Instead of going to where they want to go, they are caught in the grip of the wind. Okay? And doesn't that happen in life too? I mean, these are, in a way, you can look at this as, you know, we, we didn't listen, we didn't take heed, we didn't pay attention and really think this through. So now we're caught in the grip of things that is that are beyond our control and we're being driven along you know, where we don't want to go. Alright. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. Now there they mean the little boat. After hoisting it up they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the on the surdus, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Now, they lowered the gear, sounds like sounds like this has something to do with they lowered the gear, like they did something with the sails or maybe with the anchor. I'm not sure clear on what that's supposed to mean. Fearing they would run aground, it sounds like they lowered the anchor actually, but um, maybe it didn't work anyway. And thus they were driven along. So here again, it's it's not working. Since we were violently storm tossed, they begin the next day to jettison the cargo, just like Paul had said. Paul said, "Look, this is what's going to happen, you know." And now it doesn't say, you know, Paul was advising them. Now, it doesn't say, and he doesn't clearly state that this is from God. But at the same time, he is warning them. And here we go. Now the the warning is taking place. You know, when we don't heed sound advice, and we just, you know, listen to whoever, you know, and you would think listening to the pilot would be the right thing in this situation. But, you know, what was, what was... Uh, what was the pilot's motivation? What was the owner's motivation? Probably to make money. Probably to get where they're going. That's their big motivation because they're shipping to make profit. You know, that's their job. So, so here they're starting to jettison the cargo, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. That I would find that very disconcerting. The ship's tackle. This would be stuff that you would need. Um. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. So now they all fear they're all going to die. You know, and Paul had warned them. He told them, let's see. Voyage will be with much injury and with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. So see, here we are. And now they've abandoned all hope, as you say. They abandoned. The uh, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Okay, going to continue on. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Okay, that's the I told you so. But let's be fair. Paul deserved to say it in this case. It is true. He did. He deserved to stand up and just say, look, I told you so, guys. I told you so. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now, this this has to be coming from God. Even though it doesn't say that, this has to be. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the, well, there you go, of the God to whom I belong and, and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So here he had an absolute word from God, messenger from God, the angel, had come, or an angel. Yeah, an angel. Had come and told him that he must stand before Caesar. He's going to stand before Caesar. So see, standing before Caesar is part of God's plan. And this may be why, Later, Rome became Christian. This may be the first little seed of that. For for all we know, I'm not trying to say for 100% sure that that's it, but maybe this was a seed going in that direction. All right. Because that, once the persecution of Christians ended there, it became much easier for the Christian faith to spread. All right. So, take heart, men, for I have faith this is Paul still talking to the sailors, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told, but we must run aground on some island, in other words, we need to we need to stop this ship. we've got to run aground on some island, then they would have a chance they would be able to get off the ship, they would somehow be able to able to survive when the fourteenth night had come. As we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. Now, I don't know how they would know, but back then, I'm sure they had ways to tell. Experienced sailors would know, you know. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. Okay, so they had a feeling they were running in shallow water. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's bow into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Okay. See? they were doing they they were doing something other than what they'd been told here again they're refusing to listen and this time this is the word of this is coming from god now this isn't just paul speaking he's telling them what god has told him how they can be saved and here they are again they're trying something else they're trying their own thing this is what we do so many times isn't it they're trying their own thing they're trying to do it their way, and have their way, and do what they think is the best. And I, I understand they're desperate. They're probably scared, uh, but, you know, they just they just do not have that faith and belief, and they're just trying to do their own thing, and they're running themselves into trouble. And Paul says, you know, you're, they're putting, they're putting all of you at risk. Now, he's not talking about himself, because God told him that he was going to stand before Caesar, so he's no longer worried about himself. He's going to be fine. But he's trying to save these people. And he's like, you know, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. In other words, that small boat, that little dinghy they use, they're like, no, we're getting rid of it. There's no temptation. Nobody's doing that. So as day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you to take some food, it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all two hundred and seventy-six persons in the ship." Okay so we were in all 276 persons in the ship there is a note here some manuscripts say 76 or about 76 so okay so i guess it depends on the on the ship i don't know how big the ship was we don't really have enough about the number of people to know for sure so all right so i'm going to i'm not going to worry about the number maybe something was you know, written incorrectly, Um, but this says 276, so so maybe, you know, if most of the manuscripts were saying 276, then, you know. Anyway, it it doesn't make a huge difference, the exact number. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now, so now they're even throwing wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. Now they're doing what they're supposed to do. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea at the same time, loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisting the foresail to the wind they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck... No, the bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship, and so it was that they were all brought safely to land. So there you go. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land because they weren't far. They had run aground just out, you know, just off the shore, off the beach. Um, And the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so they were all brought safely to land. Why? Because they finally did what they were supposed to do. They finally listened to Paul Giving them the message from God saying, look, this is what you need to do. They finally listened. They did it. And they were all saved, just as he said they would be. Just like he said they would lose their cargo and their ship if they did not listen. And they were not listening. They were not taking his advice. Now, that advice at that time, he did not say was from God. And the scripture also does not say it was from God. However, I get the distinct feeling than it was, (laughs) even though, even though he doesn't say that though, so to be fair, and so they listened to what they thought was their best plan and idea at the time, but you know that's the way we do all the time, we always think we know what's best, we always think we know what we should do and how we should do it, Um, I am so guilty of that, (laughs) that is not funny, I mean, it's it's a normal human normal human thing to you know we look at our situation we we do what we think's best but had they just listened to Paul to begin with you know here they are here they almost ruined it they almost got everyone killed those guys were taking the uh, the boat you know they were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors now they were lying I'm trying to see, and it just says sailors, it doesn't say how many, because all of them wouldn't have fit in the dinghy, even if there were only 76 people on the boat, the dinghy was probably for, what, 15-20 people maybe? So maybe it was just the the immediate ship's crew was trying to do this, and Paul told the centurion and the soldiers, you know, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved, so here we had basically the soldiers... And the Centurion who were also relying on the sailors and the crew to get them where they were going, you know, keeping them from abandoning them. They were abandoning ship. They were just going to let everybody else die. So, at least that's the way that reads to me. Now, if you have a different take on that, if you believe I am incorrect, let me know. I don't want to ever do or say anything wrong, but I will tell you, that is the way this reads to me. The sailors, the crew of the ship, they were getting the dinghy. They were leaving. They were just abandoning Paul and the centurions and the soldiers and everyone else. They were just going to leave in that. Why did they think? I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Maybe they thought they would take that. Uh, that. They thought they would take that to shore and just leave the ship. I guess and leave everybody else to their own devices nonetheless nonetheless so this is how they got to that island we find in the next chapter that the island is called malta but we'll read that the next chapter will be acts chapter 28 it is the last chapter of the book of acts so that will be our next session i want to thank you for listening i hope you have a wonderful day now Stay safe out there. I know things right now, as as of the time of this recording, things are a little, little crazy. But uh, stay safe out there. Remember to uh, watch out for others, and uh, God loves you.